0: Last week, we started talking about your mindset in terms of what rules your thoughts, your hopes, and your actions. There are things you may be doing that will keep you stuck in your grief and stagnant in your life. These are thought prisons. The first one was living in the past versus learning from the past. And today, I'll be sharing the second of the three thought prisons that might have ruled your life before now but in grief is keeping you from moving forward. This week, we're talking about control. So find out if you have an issue with needing to be in control. And if you do, what can you do about it? Hey, friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and He turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in the house and join me on that couch. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I want you to always feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hello to everyone listening in Iran, our spotlight country. And in the U.S., California, you remain the state with the most downloads this week. Grief to Great Day is downloaded in over 80 countries now. This tells me that there is a need to talk about grief and that it is felt throughout the world. So know that whatever country or state you're in, You're not alone as you walk through this thing called grief. I know there are new listeners each week, so if that's you, welcome to the podcast you never wanted to need. I'm glad you're here because it tells me you are taking steps towards your healing. Now, for you new listeners, if you hear me talk about Monica, her faith, or her death, and you want some background, just go to my website, grief2greatday.com, And click on the book tab to learn more about Dying to be Healed, the book I wrote about her faith journey through the last six months of her life. You see, they were unreal, and her death changed me. She is the reason that you're listening to me today. In this podcast, we talk about understanding what it is you're going through, understanding grief, processing daily life, like how do you get through the day? and growing your faith, even if you're not talking to God right now. So if you're just starting your journey, please know that it's going to change. It won't always hurt like this. It's important for you to hear that often. Now, this is not to say that you'll stop missing your loved one because you never will. But you will be able to breathe, to laugh, and to live again. Last week, we talked about one of the three things we women tend to do in general, but especially in grief. And these things can be so spirit crushing that it'll get you stuck and stagnant, stuck in grief and stagnant in life. Last week, I talked about learning from the past versus living in the past. And as a disclaimer, please know that if you are going through grief in the first couple of years and you're very focused on what was, That's not living in the past. That's processing your grief and your identity. So listen to that last episode if you want to learn more. This week, we're going to talk about another thought prison, the prison of control. In the first six months of losing Monica, I was in full question mode because I was the queen of questions. One of my peeps, Trish, looked at me one day and she said, When did you first realize you had no control? Well, that one stung a little bit, and I had to think about the answer, and I was truthful in telling her that it was when Monica got her prognosis of six months to live. I didn't know words could carry such a heavy weight and affect me viscerally. What a horrible feeling, which no amount of my screaming changed. See, that was a reaction to the news, and the first time, that I felt absolutely no control. So this week, we're going to talk about the issue of control. Grief brought me clarity on this, but it took time, for me a lot of time, (laughs) and I'm still refining this issue in my life. It's funny to think about because when I talk about control, it's really the illusion of control that we have. We try to control our day by scheduling it, but how many times does something unexpected come up? We try to control other people, including our spouse or kids or friends, and end up frustrated because they didn't do what we wanted. And ironically, we think we're in control of our destiny. I saw a billboard one time at a church that said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Proverbs 16, 1 through 9 in the message version says this, mortals make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. Humans are satisfied with Whatever looks good. God probes for what is good. Put God in charge of your work. Then what you have planned will take place. God made everything with a place and purpose. Even the wicked are included, but for judgment. God can't stomach arrogance or pretense. Believe me, he'll put those braggarts in their place. Guilt is banished through love and truth. Fear of God deflects evil. When God approves your life, even your enemies will end up shaking your hand. Far better to be right and poor than to be wrong and rich. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. See, what Monica's prognosis a sickness and ultimately her death showed me was that my control was an illusion. And after 40-something years of thinking I was in control, that illusion got shattered. The reason we even want to feel control is because we live in a chaotic world, and it makes us feel better. So how do we know if we have an issue with control, and if we do, how do we change it? We control how we appear to the world by how we dress, how we speak, what we post on Facebook, and we basically work hard to show the world we are good and have it together. But is this truth? Let me tell you about this lady, and you tell me if she had control issues. She was ridiculously, ridiculously organized. Sock drawer, clothes closet, organized by color. Her house was spotless and always in order. But if it was a busy week, she wouldn't let anyone stop by until the house was straight. Because how would that look? She was over-involved in other people's lives, always helping them and finding herself living out their drama. She cut her grass so perfectly it looked manicured and there was never a dirty dish in the sink. At her job or in school, she rechecked her work many times to make sure it was perfect before anything was submitted. Laud y'all, I am so glad I am not that person anymore. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> now, if you joke around that you have OCD or that you are super organized, it's pointing to the control of the pointless. I know that sounds harsh, but in the big picture of life, what does it matter if the towels are hung perfectly? If someone tells you no when you ask for a favor or for help, and it makes you angry and resentful because of all that you've done for them, you're not respecting their boundary, which is a control issue. If you cringe at the idea of getting outside of your comfort zone for anything, then where's the growth? If you have great fear or anxiety of what tomorrow holds, it might be because you think you are in control of the future and you've got to keep all the plates spinning. And as you are walking through grief and you've been more than a little frustrated that you're not further along, that it's not over yet, it's possible that you are trying to control your healing. Here's the kicker for me. When Monica got her prognosis, walked through six months of hell, and I don't say that lightly, and ultimately died, my plans for ministry, my plans to continue living a certain way, comfortable, my plans for what I thought the future was going to look like were shattered. And my anger was directed at God because he was the one who allowed it. But according to the Proverbs I just read, I never should have been in such detailed control of the plans of my life. I should have gotten on board with God's plan for my life since he was the one who created me for the true plans for my life. There is such freedom in that. I now call this, the recognition that I'm not in control, a gift of grief. So if you think you may have control issues, and really most of us do to some level, what do you do about it? First, think about what life would be like if you just got with God's plan. Sounds easy, huh? (laughs) Yeah, right. I remember trying to envision that very thing one night, and I went to bed depressed because I was clearly not trusting God to make right all the wrong I felt I had walked through in life. I went back and forth in my mind, of course, about the stories I read of how others fully pursued God and let him have their futures. And I thought if I did that, I might never be happy. Isn't that ironic? But because I wanted freedom from fear and anxiety, I continued questioning. I continued to be in communication with the Lord until the answers to all those questions no longer mattered. See, to build trust in God and his plan for your life, you have to build your relationship with him. Y'all know it begins with praying and reading. And when you do that, don't try to control how (laughs) how you look or what you say or how you say it, because it don't matter. The only important part is consistent communication with God. By allowing the one who created you to be in control of your life, you'll find freedom from fear and anxiety over what is coming, because you'll trust that God's got you regardless of how it looks today. Now, this is not to say you live a loosey-goosey life and nothing matters. It just allows you to enjoy the life that you've been given without trying to control how it unfolds and what it looks like to others. The word of the week is Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my refuge and fortress of my life. Think about that fortress of your life, a fortress built around your life. Whom shall I dread? See, you can live with expectation, not that everything is going to be perfect or work out like you hoped, but that everything will work out according to God's plan, which is far greater than you ever imagined. Every day is important. Every day is a fork in the road. It is in the daily grind of life that momentum and transformation occur. And I say that at the end of all these episodes because it's important that you know that it's the daily stuff that you do that makes a difference. It doesn't feel like it because you don't see immediate results, but every day is important. So we've talked about living in the past versus learning from the past. And this week we talked about the illusion of control. Next week I'll share the last truth of those three to help you stay out or get out of thought prisons that keep you from your purpose. Your journey works or the work of your journey this week is to answer the question that my friend Trish asked me. When did you first realize you weren't in control and how did you react? And what did you say to God about it? By listening to this episode, It tells me you are doing the work of grief, and I know that's not easy. If you're ready to take another step toward healing, there are more resources on my website, which is grief2greatday.com. Remember who holds your future and the plans of your life, and know that you are not alone. Keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking those steps however small or slow towards your healing. Thank you for being here today, for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.